Welcome truth seekers all across the fruited plain. I'm your host, Kim S. Anderson, bringing you civics made simple. Hashtag we are exceptional. These are bite-sized civics lessons designed for you to take and share wherever you go. These are important times. Times that American citizens like you and me need to know how our rights came to be and the responsibilities that go along with them. How are you? This is Kim Anderson and I am here with our next civics lesson. And guys, listen, I'm really honored and excited to be able to bring you these lessons because really what we're creating is a civics course online for people to be able to come on and watch and check out and um, just start to learn maybe some things that they have forgotten or some things that they had never learned in school. And so we're just really honored to be able to take civics all across the nation to help people understand the significance of being an American citizen and what it means and how it was fought for and, and debated over and struggled with so that we can be right where we are right now. And, but I just want you to know that we are committed to bringing you this ongoing civics lesson as we create this online course for anyone and everyone to be able to use. I want to jump into our lesson today and I don't want to keep you long, but I do want to keep you right. Um, but I want to talk to you about the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. Now, as we have said, we're, we're taking our lessons from Alpha Omega, the homeschool publisher and their civics course, and we're starting book two. And as we ended book one, we talked about um, oh, the um, Articles of Confederation. I know, I know, right? The Articles of Confederation and how um, that, that document was really a precursor to the Constitution because it just really didn't have the teeth and the meat for um, the federal government to really be able to enforce it on the states. And the states were fighting for all that they could to keep their autonomy because the states, in essence, were acting as their own countries. And to get them to come together un under one unified front as the United States, there needed to be a stronger um, meteor, well, not meteor, not meteor, but meteor, you know, or um, document um, that held the states accountable in ways that the Articles of Confederation just could not. And so we have in the summer and the spring and summer of 1787, once again, another gathering in Philadelphia, you know, hey, thank goodness for Philadelphia, right? <laughs> another gathering in Philadelphia from May to September that has become known as the Constitutional Convention. And so the um, this is actually really the foundation of the of the country, because um, they're they're literally getting ready to throw out the Articles of Confederation. And once again, and the, and the Articles of Confederation, let's be clear, when they were done, it was radical. It was new. It was still cutting edge. But as they implemented it and tried to execute it, that's when they found out that it was better in theory than it was in practice. And they needed something that was stronger in practice so that um, it could continue to galvanize the United States. OK. And so we, we're here in Philadelphia um, in 1787 from May to September. And the statesmen from all over this great land, as we knew it then, 
had come together to Philadelphia to hash this out because the one thing that the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, and I'll talk about that in a minute, what they could agree on was that, and they didn't agree on much, as we'll see, but one of the things they agreed on was that the Articles of Confederation, they had to go. And, but what that meant was a couple of different things. And so the Federalists were in favor of a stronger central government and they wanted a constitution. They wanted um, the, they were in favor of a, a stronger federal central government and the anti-federalists, if you could put it in those terms, it's not that they were opposed to a constitution, they were just more in favor of individual rights and not having a federal um, government usurp or dictate to an individual in regards to their liberties and to their freedoms, okay? And so they debated, I mean, you had these two opposing sides, um, but they knew that they had to come up with something that was going to be different, um, inclusive, and I really appreciate the fact that they really did not shy away from debate. Um, and what happened, if I could give you um, sort of the, the guys that were on the Federalist side, and then we'll bring on the guys that were on the Anti-Federalist. It's not that they were Anti-Federalist, like they were anti the country. They just were anti, um, and they sort of got that name by default, right? Because the Federalists were like, we are the people that want the Constitution. If you don't want the Constitution, you're against us, so now you're anti. They weren't against it per se. They were just very pro the individual and they did not want the government to forget the individual rights of um, the citizens as see now you still have to remember they have the residue of the monarchy and how the monarchy dictated to the citizenry and so there's still this residual residue haha residual residue say that twice but there's this this underlying remembrance of how um, dictatorial or totalitarian and how oppressive a monarchy can be and the anti-federalists are fighting for everything they have to not let this new opportunity of government slip back so easily into that form of government. So they were labeled anti-federalists but they were just really pro the individual rights and liberties. Can we just put it, sort of put it in that term? Now the Federalists, I'm gonna just give you some names. So if I look down, just know that's what I'm doing. Federalists were, um, now the Federalists were, now they're an interesting group because they, um, they were well organized. They had good funding. They had been involved pretty much in the Revolutionary War. And so they had dealt with things on a national issue. And so their names as, Federalists and statesmen were more prominent than the anti-federalists, with one exception. Um, but the Federalists were led by James Madison, we've heard of him, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, John Marshall, James Wilson, John Dickinson, and Roger Sherman. Now, they were strengthened because it was believed at that time that the two most influential statesmen George Washington and Benjamin Franklin were Federalists. Now, as far as history goes, don't you think you pretty much want to be on the side of George Washington? Like, you know, 
he was like the guy to be on the side of. And so because they were, the Federalists were, you know, so well organized in their arguments, um, what they began to do to promote their cause back to the people was that they began publishing articles, written articles in, in, in newspapers around the country at the time. Um, and those writings became known what we can go back and read today as the Federalist Papers. Um, and the Anti-Federalists did the same thing. Um, but it was, it was this sort of this, this ongoing public debate about how to form this new government. Um, and once again, the Federalists wanted a stronger central government. Now, I don't think they wanted total control to go to the, Fed, to the federal government on that level, but they just needed it to be stronger than the Articles of, the, of Confederation. And the, the Anti-Federalists kind of just wanted it to be the Articles of Confederation, just add on to it. You know what I'm saying? And so they're, they're on opposite sides, but not because they know they've got to do something. And so um, if I tell you who some of the anti-federalists are, you've heard of them too. Patrick Henry, George Mason, Richard Henry, James Monroe, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, the real Samuel Adams, um, Thomas Paine, and there was one other person that was in the anti-federalist camp, some guy named Thomas Jefferson. Anybody ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it's sort of like the Federalists had George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and the Anti-Federalists had Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, they're going to debate. They're gonna, there's going to be a debate there. And so they had lots of political differences. I'm just looking down at my notes. Um, like I said, but the one thing that they were in agreement about was the fact that something needed to change. And so, and they disagreed about everything. They disagreed about the, um, should there be three branches of government? They disagreed about, um, the power over the, the government, the federal government over the states. They disagreed about everything. They literally disagreed about everything. There was nothing that they agreed on except that there needed to be changed. Now here was, here was the anti-federalist strongest argument. And I think they sort of forsook everything else for this one argument. And they wanted a bill of rights. But the, the, the Federalists said, if we don't include every individual liberty in our bill of rights, then the federal government at some point in the future can say, if it's not mentioned, then it's fair game. Then we can take, we can take control of that. And so, um, but the anti-Federalists were adamant. This was their one major sticking point because literally they gave in on everything else. They seriously, they gave in on everything else, three branches of government, the constitution. And, but they were like, we have to have a bill of rights. We have to have a bill of rights. We have to have a bill of rights because what do the bill of rights do? Now I actually went and picked up my handy dandy, um, pocket constitution. And I looked at it because you know, so much of what we, what personally, what I think is the constitution are, is actually the bill of rights. Because what actually happens and what's laid out in the Constitution and the Articles is the formation. <laughs> I just got this message. Okay, baby, thanks. Um, this came down on my phone, right? But actually what the, 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 the Constitution set up was the form of federal government. Article 1 sets up the legislative branch. 
Um, I'm just looking through this. Article two sets up the executive branch. Article three sets up the, the judicial branch and so on. It just sets up the form of government. But the Bill of Rights, which is the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, protects the individual liberties that we have. And isn't that amazing? They came up with this great Constitution and immediately came up with 10 amendments, right? Like this great, awesome document. And then they came up with these with these 10 amendments, which became the Bill of Rights, which when we today think about it, the individual rights that we have guaranteed in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are sort of what makes us Americans. It's what we stand on. We have freedom of speech. We have the right to bear arms. We have the right not to incriminate ourselves because it's it's that's what they put in. So the anti-federalists are who we have to thank for that Bill of Rights that actually protects us individually from the federal government. Isn't that amazing? Now, as I was thinking about that, I was like, you know, well, which camp would I would I have been in? Would I have been a Federalist or would I have been an Anti-Federalist? And it's it's kind of hard because we've grown up, those of us that are watching this video, we've grown up under both, right? We've grown up understanding the, the, the beauty of having individual liberties, understanding the power of states' rights covered by a federal government. And... Isn't it awesome and amazing that we have such freedom and liberty because of the Bill of Rights that we can live in states that are equal to our um, our own individual beliefs as we interpret them in the Bill of Rights? We have that ability. We are free to move about the country. Oh, my gosh, my battery's shutting down. Okay. Okay, okay, here we go. I got to wrap this up. Don't shut down. Okay. So I'm just going to keep talking and I'm believing that you can hear me. So, um, so, so Thomas Jefferson is really key and central to getting the bill of rights included as an amendment to the constitution. Um, because it is said that he, he, while he was in France as the ambassador, while this debate was going on, that he wrote letters back to the, his federalist friends telling them that the people were entitled to a listing of their rights. And so guys, it's a key debate. It's crucial to our understanding that there, was a, there were groups and factions, but they came together and even still, despite their differences, they created a constitution that created our form of federal government and a bill of rights that stated on a federal level what our individual liberties were and how important they were to be protected for us and from the federal government so that they could not infringe upon our individual rights. I'm telling you, this understanding makes it a great day to be an American. So guys, I'm going to wrap it up here because my battery is about to run out. Hello, somebody. What is that about? So this is Kim Anderson, Kim in all caps. When we come back, our next message is going to be entitled as good as it gets. I can't wait to hear what that's about. All right, guys, I got to go. I got to run. I will talk to you soon. Kim Anderson, over and out. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Civics Made Simple. This is your host, Kim S. Anderson, inviting you to visit our site, kimsanderson.me.me, for the latest and most up-to-date information on our podcast and our store. 
Follow us at hashtag WeAreExceptional on Instagram and Twitter. God bless, and we'll see you next time.